severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hello and welcome back to Just Get A Real Job. It's been a while, six months. I've kind of forgotten how to do these to be honest, these intros. I'm like, there's a microphone here. I'm just sort of staring at the microphone and I'm like, what did I say again? Anyway, I'm, I'm of course your host, Jamie McKinley. For those of you that are Returning to the podcast, thank you so much for coming back. And um, for any new listeners, welcome to Just Get A Real Job. This is the 99th episode. I, yeah, I can't believe how long it's been. The Christmas special is the last episode we did, so now we're in June now, so a lot has happened. Yeah, and no, I'm so excited to come back and, and to do this again. It's it's great to sort of be back for the third series of Just Get A Real Job. And we've got some amazing episodes in store. I've been sort of recording and planning the return for a few months now so I'm really excited with the conversation we've been having and yeah I might just I might just quickly remind the listeners and any new listeners sort of what this podcast is all about so I started this podcast nearly three years ago three years in November and uh, basically this is a podcast where we speak to sort of creative people from across the creative industries in a variety of different roles this is sort of designed to be a toolkit for anyone that either wants to get into the creative industries or for people that work in it and want to understand more about people's roles uh, we have really honest conversations about how everyone's career path is different and about how there's no right way into this industry there's a variety of different ways and a variety of different jobs and yeah we have really honest and insightful conversations and yeah welcome back anyway this week's episode episode 99 normally around the time of my birthday as regular listeners will know i usually swap the whole seat and i'm interviewed by a returning guest but obviously this year my birthday's in april we're into June now. We're kind of a bit late for that, but because it's the first episode back after so long, I thought it'd be nice to have a former guest on to talk to me about what I've been up to while I've been away from the podcast, what I've sort of been up to over the last year in general, and what we've got in store for Series 3 of the podcast. So I was thrilled to welcome back on Jack Hunter, who is a writer and performer. He had an amazing show at the Fringe last year. He was, of course, a guest on this podcast last August. Forgotten what episode title was. Back in the day, I used to be able to just say the name of the guest and the episode they were on, but kind of... I've lost that magical touch now, but he was on the podcast last year and we had an amazing conversation. Me and Jack, particularly, we spoke about this sort of model of disability and he had talked about it for ages, actually, and it was, he was so articulate about it. And yeah, it was it was a really memorable conversation, particularly that part of it. So it was great to welcome Jack back on the podcast and I very much appreciate him interviewing me and talking to me about what I've been up to. We had a lovely conversation about lots of things and in particular the sort of journey I've been on with my neurodivergence and what I've been up to in the last sort of year, yeah, what the sort of production I was working on, all that sort of thing. So it was a lovely conversation to have. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. And of course, next week's episode is the 100th episode as well, which is a massive milestone for us at Just Get A Real Job. So I hope you're going to join us for that next week as well. Please as well, obviously we're relaunching. So if you are a fan of this podcast, please share it on social media uh, spread the word get people knowing that we're back and series three's on the go and of course we have 98 brilliant episodes as well before this one that have had some great conversations on so be sure to go back and listen to them as well and you know just follow us on spotify subscribe to us everywhere that you listen to the podcast but anyway we're back for series three of just get a real job thank you for joining me episode 99 let's go
Well, hello and welcome to Just Get A Real Job. This will be the first episode of the new series that will be coming out as well, which is really exciting. Obviously, every year, for, for the last two years, on the podcast, I've sort of, we've done like an episode where around the time of my birthday, we look back on the sort of last year, I sort of hand over to a former guest and they interview me a little bit and talk about what I've been up to and stuff. But this year is a bit later because obviously I've been on a hiatus, so we miss my birthday. But it's sort of just looking back at the last year, like what's been happening, especially since I've been away for half that time, really. So I'm very honoured to be joined by a previous guest. And I've totally forgotten what episode number you've been on, but it was last <laughs> August time. We are joined by the legend that is Jack Hunter. How are you doing, son? Hello. Nice to see you. I'm, v- I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm very uh, happy and glad to be back on the podcast and commandeering the host duties for this this episode so yeah no it's good man it's good to be here good to be heard good to be seen yeah. we're having a great time i know it's been it's been an effort getting this off the ground i know we've both been quite busy trying to find an evening but i appreciate you'd given up this evening for me much much appreciated but mate what we've done is we've just got some real jobs and now we've carved out some real time to have <laughs> some real rigorous raucous chat and this is it it's happening right here, right now. But but where where you been, man? Where you been at? What's the, the hiatus? What what's oh, happened? Oh man! What? So I just realised like before today is I think the last episode was Christmas time, so it was the twenty fourth or something in December. So we're nearly coming up for five months away, which is a, is a long time. So there'll be no listeners left, really. There'll all be new listeners coming. What's this podcast? It's episode ninety nine. Nah, man, it'll be fine. It'll be like it'll just be like when you know a band goes on hiatus and like yeah. it's sort of like, oh, is he gonna do some like offshoot projects? Yeah, is he gonna do like a, another sort of solo album? <laughs> you know what's going on? You know you've just been producing other producing other sort of um, yeah. slamming tracks and stuff, man. You've come back. <laughs> you've come back to you know the OG, the where there's original. Yeah, it's all good. I'm back. I'm back in the mothership. Well, obviously, like just the Christmas episode when I, which I had Brown Bear on, which was obviously always lovely to have him on the podcast to have Matt on. But I sort of was in the middle of a production, so that was like a sort of one-off episode. I was a bit out of it anyway, but basically was away working on uh, the second series of Screw which was really exciting it was my first sort of on set job as a script editor as an assistant script editor but I did I was basically doing that for we're in prep for a long time most of the summer last year was really busy and then I was on production from the the sort of start of November to the end like sort of March time and it's just been really busy and I moved to bloody Glasgow as well from Edinburgh it was a big life change there's a lot of stuff going on so it was very busy and I just couldn't keep the podcast going in the way that I wanted to. Like, I didn't have enough time to put on put the effort into it that it requires to make it good. And I didn't want to make a half-arsed podcast that no one, you know, because it would have not been fun. But, mate, sometimes half-baked things are, are not bad, you know? Like, I mean, what what, what can be half-baked and it's still all right? Like, you know, banana bread. It's a bit stodgy, but, you know, it's good. All goes down well. So what has that new position, like, entailed then? Because it seems like it's been pretty full-on. Oh, like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. script editing so give us a deep dive in what you've been doing <laughs> I feel like any friend listening to this is sick of hearing about it really and obviously I can't go into too much detail about the show itself because it's obviously not yes <laughs> you're like break those break those NDAs <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's sort of a weird one because I'm back in the job I was doing before Screw so I'm sort of like I'm kind of back in that full time still as a as a script editor at STV Drama which is also you know I love that job and it's been good for the last year and a half but sort of when I was in production like I just was on set every day. It's very long hours as well. It's like you normally start. I mean, most people that work in TV will know is you know some days you're in as early as half seven. 
some nights you're in as late as eight o'clock, nine o'clock. You know, if it's a really bad day and you're turning notes around, then it's, it's mm-hmm. a long time. So I, ju- I just didn't have the time to, to really make this podcast at all. But that was fine. You know, it was nice to take a bit of time off as well, because as we'll get into, there'll be lots of things for me to learn, etc. that I haven't been away. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, now you're back behind the, the mic, you know, you've moved city, you've got this this new job. So, where, where are you at now? Where's Jamie at now? It's an interesting time because I think I haven't been away from the podcast for so long. I feel, I feel a bit nervous about bringing it back in a way. Because it's like, I feel like for a bit, the longer you leave it, then you sort of like, oh, it's fine, I'll do it, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. And he's sort of almost kind of nervous to get back into it because you feel like it's been so long, you know, how, I need to reach out to these people again. I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, so... Do the reasons change? Like, wh- why you do the podcast? Do you feel like yeah, the yeah. the purpose of the podcast over... Because how long have you been doing this podcast? Now? So, I think it's three years in November, so two and a half years, a long time. Again, I'm, I'm a totally different person yeah. than when I started it as well, professionally and personally. So, I think there was that fear as well, and just that, like, motivation maybe wasn't there the same way, but having sort of been recording some amazing episodes again recently i've had some really good conversations and i've sort of changed my approach a little bit so i've got some new artwork under that's been designed so it's going to be a bit of a fresh start based on some of the sexy new parts yeah based on some of amy dinsdale who did the artwork for our you know does our current artwork uh, the artwork that's been in place for the last two and a bit years she did an amazing job of that so it's kind of taken what she did and one of my best friends who you know came up with the name for this podcast originally liam who's been on it before He's sort of playing around with some stuff for me at the moment. So, yeah, that should be ready soon. Sort of redesigning some stuff. It's given me a time to think about what was working, maybe what wasn't working, and who I want to speak to. And, like, you know, can I be a bit more ambitious and send those requests out to sort of some bigger names as well as the usual emerging guests that we've had on. So I think it's going to be some exciting stuff coming up hopefully soon. And I've got some great episodes lined up and some really nice ones recorded. So then you got chumps like chumps like me coming back and I'm no, like, please, it, it, but it's an absolute, please, it's, please let me talk to Jamie. It's a pleasure. <laughs> it's a pleasure having former guests back on. It's always really nice. Yeah, I think it should be like a nice sort of relaunch. I'm got you know series three or whatever we're gonna call it of just get real jobs. So and we got the hundredth episode after this one as well. So that's gonna be really special. Oh, like, having reached the hundred, wow. you know this is the ninety ninth episode of just get real job, which is insane. Oh sweet! And it, and it, we're about yeah. to break the century. Yeah, we really are. So it's really exciting and. I guess as well, like, the main change of approach is when it got towards the end of last year, I felt like I was recording an episode and panically having to get it ready for the next week. So it was very, like, always a bit rushed. It wasn't fair on Elliot who was editing it. It wasn't enjoyable for me because it was stressful. So what I've been doing is I'm trying to record as much as I can ahead of time. You know, at the moment, yeah. I maybe have, like, six, seven weeks worth of content all ready to go. So that's, like... For, no, that, yeah, get, yeah. that means I've got seven yeah. weeks to now prepare the next seven episodes, etc. So it's taking that yeah, pressure, yeah, yeah. taking that pressure off. So yeah, it's really exciting. One hundred percent. And and I think also as well, like you know, ultimately the hiatus is is good because you essentially need to like I don't know just do your thing and like get more insights from like job and your mm. life and stuff. Because if you're constantly just pumping stuff out left, right and centre, you know, one, you'll lose the sort of the fun of doing it. But then also you might just sort of yeah. feel that you're kind of running, running dry. 100%. You, know? you can't force anything. You'll know this from performing and stuff and like doing intense shows. Like it's you can't just keep doing so. I think as well, like I'm quite bad for it. Like I'm I'm always like working on stuff and I'm really bad at taking time off sometimes and switching yeah, off. Yeah, so man. I think I've got. Yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah. you'll know that one a lot. Like. I definitely got better. But I mean, I think it's it's true. I mean, I, that's something I'm definitely going through at the minute is like where there's so many things I want to do. 
and I'm in like such a rush to do all of them. And you know, it's kind of like, well, just go with what you like want to do mm. and just follow that. But I mean, like, you know, writing or something, I'll be like, oh, there's this idea, and this there's this idea for this medium and this idea for that medium. And if you know, you'll just run around in circles. And I think it, you just got to kind of like calm down and just essentially be like, no, this is what this is what's happening. And this is what needs to happen. And then also just to, like, live your life and do, like, stuff that isn't work. to do with work. Because yeah. you get you just get in a rut after a while, don't you? But, I mean, like, what, what are your, like, highlights from the last year? Like, sometimes when I meet folk that I haven't seen in a while, I do this thing called, like, headlines. Okay. So, like, so like <laughs> what are your headlines? Like, sort of, like, bite-sized, like, newspaper headlines. Not tabloid newspapers, because, come on, we're not... We're not having that sort of discrediting things mm. on the podcast, you know. I wouldn't wouldn't want to compare the podcast to any Murdoch papers. Um, <laughs> what are your headlines, Jimmy? <laughs> oh man, this so get cut. There. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. That's a lovely way of putting it. I guess that I mean, there's. I'm trying to think. There's been quite a lot. I mean, obviously the episodes are out there, but the fringe last year was a, was an amazing thing to do. Like taking the podcast to the fringe. We did the free fringe for three nights across the month, and that was amazing. It just something different. It was outside my comfort zone. Like my only sort of regret for that is I didn't enjoy it enough. But we'll talk about that probably in a bit more detail later when we go on to other questions. But so th- I guess that was really exciting uh, doing the fringe, and then obviously the the all the whole like five months working on the production of Screw was incredible. I made some friends that I'll probably have for life. You know, it's a stress. It was some very stressful moments on it, but overall, like it was really good fun and like you know learned so much. And I've just recently watched the first cut of the edit of it that I got sent over. And I'm really proud of the show. Like, obviously, it'll look better when it's all finished. But from what I've sort of seen of it, I think we'd made something really exciting. So the second series of that should be, yeah, really fun. And the, I guess another big headline, personally, is also just having moved to Glasgow. I lived in Edinburgh for a long time, like so. And I'm not mm-hmm. very, I'm not very good at change. I'm being honest. Like some people can easily just move like that. I'm really nostalgic. Like that was really hard for me yeah. to move. And I know it's not very far away. It's forty five minutes on Scotrail train whenever it's on time, etc. But um, mate, it's a Scotrail train. Exactly. You, you, you'd be better walking. Yeah. So. Nah. Yeah, it was, it's been big. It's a big thing for me because a, a lot of my friends and network are still in Edinburgh, and like I love that city as well. I like I love Glasgow. I think it's a great place. It's just very different. So I'm sort of adjusting to not having. I don't know. It's like when I first. This is the only second big move I've done in my life because when I first moved to Edinburgh, I was 18. It was a whole new life, and you know it probably took me a bit of time to settle in. Then, so I'm still in the settling in phase. I'm still making new friends and sort of figuring it getting my bearings so yeah it's it's been a lot so i get i guess they're the main three headlines is doing the shows and work and moving nothing personal there because clearly i live for work i suppose actually my partner would be raging if i don't mention it i suppose in the last year we got together in our couple so i should really mention amanda boom on this he saved podcast. it he saved that it that was folks. a good save wasn't yeah. it so i i'm in a, you know a new relationship is also quite, you know. I guess that's a headline. So I didn't. That really was that it. was a that was a goal line clearance right there. <laughs> that is, honestly, like, no need for VAR. No need for VAR on that one. <laughs> Talking about like your work, you know, how do you feel like your your craft has developed since you've been working on Screw and on that project? Like, well, I hopefully she never listens to this, but I'm going to name drop someone who's just recently left where I work as well. Safia, who was like our script editor at STV. And I mean, in all, in all fairness, like Claire and Sarah and everyone at STV that I've worked with and Nick, who was the producer on Screw, I, don't, I feel like I'm going to I'm gonna miss people off. I don't need to name them all, but they'd all been incredible people I've learned from and I love working with. But me and Safia were like a particularly really close team on Screw and we worked, you know, she was a script editor, I was the assistant. So 
from her, like over the just in general since I've started STV, like I've learned so much from her. So yeah, my crafts like must have improved a hell of a lot. I was doing, you know, just turning around notes overnight and like having to come up with solutions really last minute and, you know, working with an amazing writer like Rob Williams as well. You learn, you know, my crafts certainly improved a lot on that show and I feel like I learned so much from it. So, but also little things like how to take care of yourself because I was working so such long hours and such intense days that I had to sort of learn to take time at night to rest, go to sleep a bit earlier. Like, I'd, I'm not very good at getting up at half six in the morning, I'll be honest. Like, I suck at it. But sort of just learning how to navigate that, especially in winter when it's really dark in the morning and you're coming home in, in the dark as well. So I guess like that, as well as my actual craft, I, I think the sort of skills there were really important as well. Does that mm, make sense? Mm. Um, well, in terms of like the, the learning curve for that, was it, do you feel like it was quite steep or was there like any particular challenges like with, with the script editing that you were kind of like, damn? Again, it's kind of a, it's a difficult as well because I don't know how much I can talk about because of the NDAs and stuff, but... I think yeah, we'll just we'll we'll bleep everything out. We'll <laughs> we'll we'll pixelate everything, which doesn't really work on a podcast. But you know, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, what was the question? What was the question exactly? Like, what were the... just, just like what what would you say was like the biggest sort of challenge, like on um, learning curve? Like the first week in prep, when I actually went to the set and we did like the t- we we did the read through and we did like you know getting the scripts because you know it's very rushed the way production works. Like in a sense that like you have a few months basically to develop all these scripts. They have to get ready. To, they become what we call in the industry shooting scripts where mm-hmm. they're sort of ready to be filmed because the crew needs to see them. Like the DOP needs to see them. The head of makeup needs to see them. Like hair, you know, costume needs to see them. Runners and the ADs, like everyone needs to see them, all these positions. So I guess like knowing how that all works and although I'd worked on sets before, like understanding how important everyone's role is and how like vital the script is because if no one has a script, or an up-to-date script, then the whole production is going to fall down. So it is a lot of pressure mm, sort of being, yeah, being in yeah. that world. I guess that was... Know it. your so, role. Yeah. Is it The Rock? The Rock that said, used to say that? <laughs> I like, know, he'd be like, he'd be like know your role, role j- yeah. jabroni. He used to call people jabronis. Yeah, but I guess that was the most challenging part, was just adapting to it, because I worked in development, which is similar. Development scripted and has a lot of similarities to production scripted in, but they're mm-hmm. so different in some ways. So it was a totally new job almost, in a sense. So... Like dealing with that, having moved city like the day before I started on Screw, and like juggling all this change and like change routine was really really hard. It took me weeks to get into it. I think I definitely yeah. was much better on the second block, which is natural. I had weeks to learn. So one hundred percent. And like when you started on Screw, was that the second series? Yeah, the second series. So, so. You, so you'd been presumably jumping into something mm. where like there'd been there'd set sort of mold already, yeah, like in terms of, of like personnel of. and team. Yeah. So that that had a, an interesting thing to deal with. Yeah, it was, but the team were great in, in the sense that I felt very welcome, and I actually started working on the second series of Screw. We probably started, I think our first development meeting on it with Rob the writer was October or November 2021. So I was working on that series for a long, long time, really, because that was when I first started on the job. So like, you know, we'd been developing this series all the way through for a year before we started on the production. So when it ended, it was a weird feeling because... And it's sort of still ongoing because it's not out yet. And it's sort of, I'd be like slightly involved in the post, very, very little. Do you know what I mean? I might have a few more things to do with it, but not, not a lot, but... It was a weird feeling because, I, I mean, and I go on about it. My friends would take the piss like, oh, screw this, screw that. But, like, it means a lot to me. It's a big, you know, I'm so proud of that series and, like, to have been part of Rob's world and 
you know it's it, yeah. it's a joy and it, you know i can't wait for people to see it whenever it comes out whether it be the end of this year or the start of next so and and, and the thing is man you gotta enjoy that because like you know to be a script editor like you know to be an active script editor that's paid yeah. and has like a s- solid involvement a solid like line of work like that's a massive thing you know, yeah, like yeah. on its own. So then, when you when you resonate with a job that you really enjoy, you know your, your friends are just gonna have to deal deal with it. You know, yeah. you, you chew their ears off, chew everyone's ears off. Oh, that's that's that, that's why people <laughs> are listening to to this. Do you know what I mean? I mean, would you have like any sort of advice for anyone like wanting to get into a similar position to you? Or? Yeah, I I mean I I think I've, I've I've sort of been asked this question whenever I've been on this side of the podcast, but I guess I've done different things at different points, but. I guess for like doing what I was in was, you know, it's such a high pressure environment being in production and there is a lot of pressure because things need to be done now and, you know, you don't have the time that you maybe have when you're working as a development script because it's, usually it's not as rushed. But I think just yeah. knowing that it's okay, you know, obviously you have to be good at your job and be competent, but not being yeah. too hard on yourself and being able to go, you know, you are, even if it's your first job especially, like still being able to learn, you know, giving yourself that space where you are, you're reminding yourself that you're still learning if that makes sense. Like it doesn't, you know, you're going to make mistakes and that's okay as well. Obviously, you yeah, don't want to make yeah. too big a mistake that's going to affect the production, but sort of just not being too hard on yourself because there are days where you're yeah. like... Oh, and it's also so collaborative. Being a good collaborator is like the most important thing about being a script editor because you have to be able to work with other people. Otherwise, you, especially on a set, communication is so important. So just communicate. 100%. Even if you don't know something, just asking that question or saying, what well, I don't know what to do. How do I do it? Because if you don't communicate, so- you're going to fall down. Yeah, so like in terms of content control and quality control, how does that get filtered through? So like, I imagine Rob or the writer mm. will write something, and obviously you don't need to, you know, I don't want you to get busted by the STV police <laughs> or anything like that. But like, you know, they'll write something, and I assume that kind of gets shown to the script editor who then shows it to you. So like, could you give give us a little bit more insight of, to how that yeah. relationship works without like obviously mm-hmm. being like oh by the way did you hear that Barry Thompson gets stabbed <laughs> with a spoon no spoons in... no spoons it's all good no spoons uh, <laughs> just shanks in prison actually shank or be shanked it's a <laughs> I think a dangerous world like it's I'll sort of talk it in a more general way as well because it's sort of different but I think generally in production in the UK like it depends as well because some script editors don't work on the development of the script they start on the production and then the development producer or the development script editor will hand over all the information and say this is the project this is all the notes in the background you'll work with mm-hmm. the writer on like the last sort of part of this but obviously we were all working on it from a very long time and we had some guest writers as well we had the amazing Kira Conway and Rowan Bardsley writing on this series as well so like you know we were doing like you know there's different there's a few other writers there as well but the sort of script is sort of evolved so we always have access to them and we'll see different drafts and we'll get together as a team and we'll all discuss it and feedback and then we'll do another you know Rob will go in and do another draft or whatever like that's sort of how it worked for us so it was kind of like that the whole way through and then the later on you right. go you know you get to a certain stage and then the DOP will start giving notes or the directors will start having notes and the you know etc so the producers will have no. It just sort of depends. It's different everywhere, kind of. 
I guess I've answered the question, I think. Yeah, and in regards to, like, you know, is there ever a point where there's sort of, like, almost like a sort of a script sort of turf war where, like, you sort of reach, like, an impasse and then certain people go one side and certain people go other side? Like, has there ever been a situation where there's kind of been, like, a gridlock on, like, a certain decision or...? Yeah, I think, well, I think there's always sometimes, like, you have not always agree on everything because, again, it can sometimes be subjective, but... I think generally we were really collaborative as a team and I mean I'm the most junior member of the bloody team so as well I just want to caveat that with but like but we were you know normally it was all we're on the same team anyway so it's all about you know we want the show to all be the best and like you know with other writers we had on the show like they were all really easy going about change and stuff and they're really easy to work with but I know on other shows that have friends that are script editors on bigger shows bigger productions and on that it's insane because you know you'll have like 30 execs feeding notes in and you know, there's so much control and, you know, with us, it's a smaller yeah. team. There's maybe like, you know, there's two or three execs that are feeding in, but it's not as much. And it's a bit easier for you to have a bit of, you know, your opinion on stuff and be listened to. Yeah. And I, I sometimes think of like how that works with, you know, with TV shows yeah. and also with like with really big TV shows, because like, as you say, there's execs who will be chumming in, there'll be producers and everybody not only will come be coming out from different sort of creative viewpoints, but then also, like, I imagine there'll be certain individuals, probably more with, uh, you know, dare I say, producers and execs, <laughs> who will be wanting to make choices that are good for business, that are maybe, like, slightly more influenced by mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, so, like, you know, that fascinates me on how, like, a a show, take a show like Succession or something, mm. like, how something like that operates. Because, yeah. like, you know, you've got, is it Jesse Armstrong? The showrunner, right, yeah. it. And the showrunner, you know, who's obviously written some of, I think, some of the best television in the last God knows how long, you know. You know, and it's like, how does that person's, like, personality and their writing still exist in a realm where there's just so many opinions of flying about. I imagine, like, obviously everyone has faith in the product and has product. Ugh! Ugh! Horrible! Ugh! Horrible <laughs> capitalist jargon in the story and the characters yeah. and how they resonate. That's good. That's yeah. palate cleansing. But but then, obviously, there must be times where they, they have to really fight the corny. Yeah, 100%. I think, though, what I will say is, in my experience as well, part of my job as a script editor, and especially in development, is I have to, you know, it is a, you know, say jargon, etc. But part of the job is also thinking out how do you sell a product? Because, you know, you yeah. when, as a script editor in production, you're kind of there to represent the script. So you obviously have the writer's best interests at, at heart as well. But you're also, I work for the production company as well. So it's like, you kind of want it to be best for both in a way, which is the, yeah. which is the goal for everyone anyway. But obviously... The part of it I've realised I've probably not mentioned is also it screws the Channel 4 show as well. So like their commissioners have notes on things too. And the channel has its ideas of how it wants it to be as well. So we are, we are sort of delivering a product almost, again, if you want to say that horrible word, for the channel. Because, you know, so there's all these relationships. Yeah. But everything is a product. I mean, I know I'm being a bit glib and stuff, but everything yeah. is like a product and everything is like, you know... Yeah, 100%. Everything has vested interests and whatnot. Yeah, but Succession's such a good example, Jack, because I was thinking the other day when I was watching it, like, how many execs are on that show now? There must be, I think there's like 12 or 13 or something, like, exec producers on that show now. And that's not even including the channel commissioners at, you know, HBO. And I, I generally, I don't know exactly, but my estimate on that show with the edit, if you include directors and stuff, I reckon there must be 50 or 60 sets of notes for each, like, episode coming in from so many different people. I mean, like, you know, I reckon there must be so much sign-off on a big show like that because there's so much money involved in it. So, yeah. 
I mean, there's a lot to it. There is a lot to it. But just very quickly, because like obviously, I'm. It's weird for me being on the other side of this on my own podcast as well. But quickly, like, I want to ask you some of the questions you're asking me as well. Like, um, yeah, man, you'd had that's to, fine. What are, what are your headlines? Because you'd had obviously some great personal news recently, and also like you, last time you were on the podcast, you were about to do the Fringe. So how, yeah, did, yeah, how yeah. did all that go? Well, I'm actually speaking to you now from the Arctic, where I've been banished <laughs> to live in a little igloo. No, <laughs> think no, things went really well with the Fringe, and um, so I guess that was like a big. That's big headline. Fringe went well. And yeah, one of two is existing in other other sort of forms. Excitingly, I've just um, started working with a producer for the show. And it was basically, how can I sort of keep this going and keep the interest going? And firstly, that's that interest has continued from international fields, which is nice. So I will be taking the show to the Stet Festival, which is the English storytelling theatre festival in the Netherlands in The Hague amazing um, in October so yeah so I'm super stoked about that that's going to be really really cool so we're going we're going international we're going <laughs> we're going European so it's really cool and yeah currently putting an application in right now for Creative Scotland to try and get get some more sort of help towards that and then you know potential for it to hopefully I'd like to do like a full blown like Scottish tour Mm. And and maybe the UK that that would be like the sort of aspirations for it. But also as well as that, off the back of the fringe, I did a development with Imaginate Theatre and Theatre in Schools Scotland to basically adapt the play for schools, which is really cool because that you know the play you know obviously there's maybe people that uh, didn't listen to when I've done the first time round. And for those of you that have, they just need to hack me talking about it again. But a lot of the play is obviously centred in school and deals with very sort of topical issues for school children, particularly in secondary school. So the fact that there's potential for it to, you know, have some sort of iteration or adaption that goes into schools is is really massive. Yeah, so that that's probably like my big news with one of two and the yeah. fringe was oh, yeah, the fringe hey, was just did, awesome like, I know I told you this at the time because when I came to see the show and I saw you after it and stuff but it was an incredible show and it was really emotional and you know you used the bloody up soundtrack at the end so that you're, you're cheating you know what I mean that's yeah, not, not fair so I, got, I mean that people have will have turned off now they'll yeah. have been like oh up sound what is just sucker does with that yeah um, with the Pixar no, and I know obviously you, your sister was a big part of the show, and you used like video stuff for her. But and I know she got to come and see it at the like fringe, and that must have been so special as well. Yeah, it was it was really awesome, and I think what was funny was you know, up until she saw it, she kind of was getting more and more anxious about it. So like initially when I told her I was writing it, she was like, "Oh yeah, well, yeah whatever, that's fine." And then uh, when I said it was happening, she was like, "All right, what? Okay." And then when it came to rehearsals, I remember just being like, you know, apprehensive because, you know, obviously because like it's a lot of it is her life, you know, and I'm telling it from my perspective. And, you know, she obviously wants to, you know, convey to people that, you know, she's not in that situation anymore. And, yeah. like you know, she's not she's got a lot more autonomy over her life, of course, which she has. You know, and then when she came to see the show, she, there was sort of, I guess there was two sort of alleviations for her, like, you know, the first one of which being like, oh, thank goodness, like, you know, Jack's gone about this the right way and, and I'm happy with how I've 
come come across in it. But then also, I think there was part of it that was like, well, it is a really important story to tell. So yeah, it was really emotional. And like, you know, my mum and dad came to see it as well. And mm. again, it was emotional for them. So yeah, it was really, really powerful. And you know, the, the Fringe is a beast that has to be uh, tamed. And I don't think I've tamed it, but I've coaxed it, coaxed <laughs> the beast in with some, some little theatrical treats. And now I think we're a bit pally now. Um, you know, because e- even in terms of like the size of the show, like for it to do as well as it did, like I was, I was really happy about that. Well, we could be back doing this podcast again in two months before your next friendship show potentially as well. Who knows? Oh, who knows? I mean, like if I, if I was to come back on again, they'd be like, come on, mate, you got to talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. just it'll be like it'll be like just get another job, Jack. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. But no, yeah. Um, so that's probably the big headline. Other headlines, yeah. Just been doing other creative stuff, man. Like, uh, you know, really, this year's really been the the year of just seeing what's out there for me and seeing what I can do and what I want to do. Mm. Because the la- the the last couple of years, like I've I've had like sort of set things happening like you know like i've had like acting shows that i know were happening or you know acting jobs i knew that were happening but this year i've had a lot more autonomy to kind of see where i want to go i mean that sounds like a really loosely veiled thing to be like oh but lol i've been unemployed (laughs) (laughs) which you know there's been like you know a little bit of free time but just having the free time to do creative stuff is um yeah the luxury has been really cool it, yeah it's been really cool and you know and, and also like as you know with what you were saying about screw is you put a lot of work in at a certain time and then there's there's dividends like when when the when the thing comes out so i've had that sort of recently i did like a short film uh we filmed it last summer mm. and that came out like that's out now amazing online which is cool and uh yeah it's been to like theater we'll, we'll link that so. underneath the podcast so people can yeah man plug 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 <laughs> terrible <laughs> <Blank. laughs> <laughs> but yeah and yeah and uh, the big the big personal news was i got engaged so. there you go there's your goal yeah, like clearance that, that... both leaving our partners till last <laughs> yeah exactly that exactly i've just Slice that into Rose's head there. But oh, yeah, congratulations. We're, we're very happy. That's very exciting. Yeah, it's super cool, man. Super yeah. cool. So you know, hopefully by the time the uh, podcast comes out, everything will still be... <laughs> in two weeks, I hope raw. so. Still, I hope two so. weeks, and then, oh, what an intense two weeks that oh, would be. Oh, Hello, it's JB here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated and, I mean, there's lots of podcasts, we all love podcasts, but it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth and just telling friends and family to listen or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcast, 
please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it, it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash justgetarealjob or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. Well, I'll, I'll sort of let you go back. I, I know I've sort of been a bit cheeky and I've, I've chucked, I've grabbed the microphone from you as the host and, and nah, mate. went back to my comfort zone, but I'll, I'll let you take over again. There you go. Nah, well, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, I'll put you on the back foot. <laughs> so, has there been a point in like the last year where you've kind of been like, man, I've really dropped the ball here? Like, do you feel mm. like there's been uh, like any moments like sort of mm. in your creative work where you've gone, you know, this is a real challenge for me yeah. and I'm not sure if I can get around it yeah no definitely I mean I think being totally honest and again mental health I'm always very open about that on the podcast and I'm I'm quite fortunate overall I think I've been quite lucky like I'm, a lot of my family have had pr- struggles with depression and you know anxiety and I've got like a lot of natural anxiety but I wouldn't say I'm you know medically yeah, no. I'm I think I'm okay overall I think everyone can do with a bit of work you know I probably everyone should go to therapy I've never been to it but I know that I would benefit from it when I eventually can afford it I would love to do it but I think I did struggle at times, like especially towards the end of last year. I, I'm very bad for putting a lot of pressure on myself. Um, yeah, I still man. do it to this day, but I need to get a lot. I'm getting better at like just going. It's okay. Pressure off. Just you know, it's gonna be fine. Like you know, just enjoy it more. Because again, that's especially with the creative arts. You need to enjoy it. But I think towards the end of last year, when I was move in the middle of moving, I couldn't find a flat in Glasgow. I knew that I had to move for this job because commuting would have been awful, like, especially the long hours. So it's really hard, like, looking for a place to live because, you know, just at a point, finding a place to rent in Glasgow just seemed to be impossible. And we pulled it off. We got somewhere nice and stuff in the end. I'm very I'm very lucky. But sort of when the production stuff was heating up and I was trying to keep this podcast running, I, like, I was too stubborn to say that I could, you know, take a break. I hadn't admitted that the hiatus would be for the best. Yeah. I just remember it being pretty not a very fun time and, like, I sort of lost the passion for it which is sad because I still had yeah. really good conversations but I wish I'd sort of been a bit more with it but you can't you can't change it if I know I'm where I am but but I think you go on to like as you say like sometimes you just go on to autopilot don't you and and I think as well man like you know I mean firstly like to come out and say that feeling like really anxious and mental health like there is mm. there's some moments there I think that's a really really bold thing to say it's important to be able to talk about it and that's what i love most about this podcast it gives me it gives us the space to do that yeah man i mean i think you know i'm i'm the same like you know uh, i guess my sort of like front-facing persona is like quite bombastic and mm. quite you know cracks jokes and that but yeah i got like i'm inherently pretty anxious and um, yeah. you know i think it's there's a lot of plates to juggle sometimes and i think yeah it's hard it, it is okay to just sort of to take a step back because everybody wants to live so fast you know, and there's obviously qualities of the job that yeah that, that sort of demand that you sort of live fast, but but actually you do have the opportunity to go. Do you know what I I like? I need to take a step back from this. Yeah, a hundred percent. And there's this other thing in this industry, especially someone like me who's so lucky to make a living doing a job I really enjoy, and in the arts and working on TV and stuff is great. But like, I think a problem with it. But I think because especially someone like me who's worked so hard to get this job. And like to get to the position I'm in, you feel that you can never have a bad day there because like, well, you should, you know, you're lucky to be here. You need to enjoy it, but you can, you still are, you still are allowed to not enjoy every moment of it. It's still like a job. You can still have a day where it feels mundane, and you're like, 
I'm really struggling with this. I think that's okay. But I think the pressure and because I know how much work I put in to get to the point I'm at, sometimes I'm not very good at allowing myself to have that. And I think it's important. And I'm sure lots of people listening feel the same. Yeah. And I think it is, it's also the same thing where you kind of, I guess it's maybe similar to when how you perhaps have that feeling where you're like, I'm not sitting in this. Like mm. I'm not, I'm not allowing myself to view what this is mm. and to sit back and to enjoy it. Because yeah. like, I think for me, a lot of the anxiety comes from what's the next thing? Where are we going now? Mm-hmm. How long will this will this feeling last for? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that can be a big thing too. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, everyone's job is relative. You know, yeah. and and everyone's job is important, and it's important how you interact with that job. Like you know, you're a script editor. You work in television. I am a theatre maker. X, Y, Z. We all have these other experiences. We're not doctors. We're not mm-hmm. like frontline workers. We're not, I don't know, bin men. But that's th- that's fine. You know, that's completely fine because we just do another job. And this sort of thing of being like, oh, you know, but I don't do like a brackets real job or an important job. Like, I think that sometimes that can be us just kind of using that self-deprecatory thing as a sort of smokescreen to be like, oh, but it's not actually that bad. But it is allowed to be, you are allowed to get stressed and stuff, you know, you are allowed to have off days. Yeah, and you can you can provide acts of service in different ways as well. It doesn't have to all be through that, like, you know, you know, even being a good friend to somebody is an act of service because you're still... yeah affecting the world on a you know it's a very micro level but it's still like you know being a good friend being the best version of yourself that you can be an act of service you know to quote simon cynic you know because i mean again not to sound too cliche and philosophical but that you know you influence the world in a positive way even very slightly by doing that so i think you know again you're right it's easy to forget that especially if you're doing a job which a lot of people view as a luxury job because it's you know it's not important etc but you know who do, who gets to decide that anyway Fuck them. They don't get. <laughs> well, well, that's it, and and you know, ultimately, like it's it's your life at the end of the day, and it doesn't matter whether you're a script editor or you're a a professional line tamer. Mm. There's gonna be there's gonna be stress in either of those jobs. Hundred percent. And the, the other thing you know? as well is we all have personal lives, and I think something I've learned this year is remembering that things are constantly up and down, and you you have a great week and they have a bad week, and that's not, that's just life, obviously. Do you know what yeah, I mean? And it's yeah. been and it's been able to trust in those bad weeks that you you can have a good week again soon. Just be it's going to be a bit shit maybe for a few weeks, and you know something could happen anytime, and it makes for you know it's just being able to like yeah. trust that it probably will be all right next week, and it's yeah. all, it's all right to not be okay, etc. But no, but I just agree. I mean, it's yeah. I think you just got to catch yourself like in moments where you kind of feel like oh. I'm stressing about this. I need to do that. Like, so I've got two examples, right? Yeah. The first one was like, I alluded to before where I was sort of like, you know, there's a a few different things that I want to write, script stuff, TV stuff, theater stuff. And then I got back from work and I was like, John, I'm really tired. So I'm going to like have a bath. Sorry to give you that mental image. It's there. (laughs) And I was like, I'll have a bath and I'll watch a film. Right. So I was watching The Departed in the bath. Right. And Jack Nicholson's all like, not me, the other one. Um, <laughs> well, my name's Jack Hunter. Oh, I've just blown my identity. Um, Nich- Nicholson is my surname. Hunter is my middle name. Anyway, but Jack Nicholson's like, I don't want to be a product of my environment. 
I want my environment to be a product of me. And then I'm just sitting there being like, oh, just super stressed, being like, I need to write, I need to do work. So I actually like hopped out of the bath, which was like scolding hot. So I looked like a lobster, like put a dressing gown on, sat at the table and made notes and plans for bits and bobs for like 45 minutes. I returned to the bath. Now that's ridiculous. Like, do you mm. mean, I should have just been able to let myself just have that time. You know, have that time to just sort of relax, not think about anything, and just carve out the time, not on a Saturday night, like half nine. But I'd obviously just worked myself up to such an extent that I was like, I need to do it. Because like, and that's like toxic productivity. That's where like toxic productivity can can come into play. And then like even before we were talking, man, like, uh, you know, before we went live, I was telling you about how we've been needing to like decorate our spare room and we've been painting it and that's literally been for months like we've had that on the go and we had this big armchair like in the middle of our hall so like every time that you came into the hall in our flat it was like tough muddy where you'd have to like climb over this big big armchair which doesn't work very well if you're running late for work but like we were like you know moving the chair and we're like oh that's a small victory and I was sort of like oh but I've got to do other work and then I've I'm, I need to talk to Jamie, I need to like prep myself for that. And I caught myself just being like, no, just enjoy this moment of like Katie and you have moved the chair and it's good. And look at all the space yeah. you have in the hall for all the shoes or whatever, you know? Mm. It sounds silly, but it's like just grasping at those, not being pulled along by your obligations or, you know, um, tricky. And it was interesting because we were just talking off air before this as well. Because before our interview tonight, we'd obviously we'd put this in the diary and that, and I'd had another interview sort of half in the diary, but I hadn't like it hadn't been confirmed and stuff. And then I was at work. I was in the office today as well, so I was actually out the flat. So normally, if I work from home, it's easier to do these remote interviews after work because you just, I'm in the same office, etc. But I'd, I was at work and then I'd, I found out I was doing this other interview at six o'clock. So I'm having to rush home to record that, and I'm thinking this could be terrible. Like, Oh, I can't be bothered with this. Why? And it's so it's one for one. It's silly because I'm doing something I love like this podcast. So I should just embrace it and enjoy it. And secondly, it was such a fun interview. It was so, but because I was like probably expecting it to be so stressful, it maybe like made it even better. But like again, just showing you that you don't need to, you know, trust trust the universe. Trust that I know it sounds really cliche, yeah. but sometimes no, it's no, no, like it's true. just go with the flow a bit, and it can you know. And look what happened. It's been a lovely night. I've done two brilliant interviews back to back whether this counts as an interview i guess i'm being interviewed but you know what i mean it's been yeah man know, it's been really nice and i'm very lucky compared to a lot of people i'm i've got a roof over my head do you know what i mean i know it's all relative but you have to be grateful yeah. for what you have so 100 percent. i get really stressed about timings and stuff like that i definitely do me you too know? i'm always looking at the clock uh, far too much just relax you don't yeah. need to track the time all the yeah. time chill just put your feet up relax <laughs> so yeah so like you know a little birdie told me uh, i found out that you've been dipping your your toes into the world of documentary filmmaking yeah so that's what i've heard you're basically you're coming for louis through no 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 happening. so i was a participant yeah. in someone else's documentary technically oh so, right you yeah, all right okay yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was gonna be jamie meets like you know like the louis through meets <laughs> ones i've stuck in my lane with the podcast and i think you know that's enough of that world for me at the moment anyway maybe one day and it's an interesting thing to talk about because it has actually been a, I guess when you asked me my headlines earlier I probably should have mentioned this because it's been quite a big part of like especially the last few months I'm a mental health and you know I've, I've learned quite a lot so 
basically, I took part in this documentary by Hannah Curry, who's been on this podcast before. She's an amazing documentary maker. If people haven't listened to it, go back and check the episode of Hannah. It was really, you know, it was a lovely conversation. And basically, she she's making a documentary, and I'm going to forget all the people involved, but I think Screen Scotland and people like that are involved. It's really important, and it's about, it's called Working Differently, and it's about neurodivergence in TV. And obviously, I'm, dysle- wow, that's brilliant. I'm dyslexic and dyspraxic, and... I've sort of always talked about that on the podcast, especially with dyslexia. We had a, an amazing conversation when you were on last time about, I mean, you were talking about your disability and the sort of world of disability and stuff. And there's, I'm sure there'll be loads you can add to this conversation. But so I took part in this and it was, it was really interesting, but it's been quite emotional because I've always really been comfortable talking about my dyslexia and understanding why that's maybe caused me difficulties and held me back at times. But I'd never really talked about my dyspraxia, which... It's a subtle thing because I'm I'm very lucky. I'm still, you know, I'm able to do most things in the world quite, you know, I've got good health overall and stuff. So I know I'm very lucky, but my coordination and things, like the way that I sometimes manage time or my attention span and stuff, it's it's always been affected by my dyspraxia. And I've always sort of, not hidden it, but I've always, because it's not as common a thing to talk about as dyslexia, I feel like dyslexia is not, I'm not saying it's easy for people, but I feel like it's quite talked about quite widely i think anyway more widely than dyspraxia anyway if that makes sense i think to be honest i think i i I would agree and i also think with something like dyspraxia because it's linked to coordination Mm. things that are more sort of like logistical to your body yeah like there's a there's been a culture of very subtle ableism i think that's been passed down you know like people are like oh you know it's you know maybe you're just being clumsy or Mm you know or yeah, or yeah, you're, yeah. you're being silly you've you, you've kind of like got muddled up or lefts and rights and all that sort yeah. of stuff i think there's sort of a culture where people again i'm not talking someone that considers themselves practic or has like a diagnosis so maybe this is wrong do you think there's more sort of like uh people kind of brush it under the carpet a bit more or it's more more sort of incognito oh, 100% it's, it's, it's total incognito and I, I don't even want to be annoyed at people because it's like most people don't realise and I, I'm guilty I've been doing it to myself all these years that's what I realise yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I've internalised all this stuff and I've, all, I've always known of this practice. like my mum and dad have always mm-hmm. been quite like supportive most of my friends again like I'm quite lucky I'm a very privileged white man in a lot of areas of my life and I'm not again I, I mean I don't but it's just this thing that this documentary and Hannah's questions and taking part in it has made me really unpack it. And our conversation last year was actually partly the start of this, I think, as well, being honest. And that, I'm just, you know, that opened up a lot of stuff as well because we had such an interesting conversation. And I used to work with disabled adults, so I've always sort of had an awareness, but I never really included myself in that. And it's sort of little things like, you know, being like the second last or last person in PE to get picked because, again, I am, you know, quote, I'm not very good with my, you know, throwing a ball around and, like, just being bad at stuff, like, and... I mean, like, I don't know, for example, even hanging washing up, I'm just so bad at it. And, like, Mate, drop- I'm terrible at hanging washing yeah, up. Yeah, dropping, dropping so stuff. Or dropping things and, and being clumsy and bumping into people while walking. And, like, my friends are, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, knocking into them and people being like, what are you doing, man? You know, and it's sort of like hard to explain, but, like, it's sort of like this feeling a bit stupid or feeling like I'm not. It t- for example, I went go karting a few weeks ago, and this was the first time where I was really interested because now I'm more aware of it. I'm kinder to myself. Right. I was so frustrated. I was so shit at this goal. I'm, I'm terrible at driving. I'm not... I've done a few lessons and I, I want to pass, but I'm not very good. And I went go-karting, honestly. It was hilarious. I was so bad. I crashed the cart so hard on the first time I did it that the engine switched off and I got shouted at by the guy that works there. And in my head, I'm like, it's not my fault. Do you know what I mean? Mate, it's an example, mate, but like... Yeah. Mate, I hate to go-kart top trump you, 
Yeah. When I was like a teenager, I went go-karting in Invergordon and I was going around the, the track and it was all fine. It was all gravy. And then we had to come back into the pit lane, right? <laughs> and the guy, the guy was like, right, so just turn in here and you know, just slow down as you come into the pit. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't hit the brake, man. I hit the accelerator. Oh, man, I, I, did, I, I nearly I, did that as well. I, but... I, I completely rammed the guy in front of me, like, in the back whilst he was still in the car. Mm. But, like, you know, but, but you know, not to take away from the seriousness of what, of what you're yeah. saying, but, you know, it's... It's not something to beat yourself up about, man. No, of it's course. Like... And, but that was really interesting. So because I've recently been thinking about this a lot more, I got to a point when I, you know, because you do four laps or whatever. In the third lap, I was like, yeah. well, it doesn't really matter if you're not good at go-karting because who cares? You're not going to be, you're not going to be, you're not going to be, you're not going to be your deathbed going, oh, fuck's sake, man. You could have been the, the champion go-karter. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? But yeah. it doesn't really matter. Like, it's, I've, it's, got, it's, I've got BAFTAs and Oscars and, it's frustrating. and all that stuff. Yeah. I just really wanted to be better at go-karting. It's frustrating, but it's okay. And I, again, it's a lot, it's, yeah. a, it's a journey because I think it makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of my insecurities stem from a lot of this stuff. Even yeah. when me and Amanda, like, you know, my girlfriend would, 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 you know, decorating stuff or something, I'm just shit at it, right? But that doesn't mean I have to always make excuses and weaponize incompetence where I'm just like, well, you do this because I'm bad at it. Like, because I know I'm guilty of that mate, too. Mate, you're, 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 I'm resonating with everything yeah. you're saying but some, here. But yeah. sometimes, right, I need to just be like, I don't need to get frustrated about it. I could just need, yeah. it would take, take me longer to do something. But it's hard when, the, as you say, the ableist world and stuff doesn't always understand but- some of these things. But I think what what you're also describing as well is like sort of self censoring and mm. like sort of internalizing stuff. Because what you say about like you know I don't want to decorate because I'm not good at it or this I have the exact same thing if it's to do with like decorating the the other room or like painting or exercising even like you know like can't do it I can't do it or there's this like disability football group that I've been meaning to looking over at Kate, you know, <laughs> and she's like, you don't done it yet. And I keep meaning to sign up to it. And there's also a, probably a small part of me that's like, you'll be crap at it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And there's something else I've, I've been putting off and I've been not good at it. Stretches. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> doing that. I love it. That's a guest cameo there for you. There you go. So for example, man, up until very recently, I didn't know how to tie my shoelaces. Mm. I'm 28 years old. I'm 28 years old. And that was something that I was probably taught when I was younger. But then they kind of were like, he's not getting it. So we'll just not do it. I can't even remember it. And then it was, it wasn't until, it wasn't until I met Katie. And she was like, we're going to tie your laces. <laughs> and now I can do like the bunny ties and stuff, man. Yeah, and I'm yeah, pretty, yeah. I'm pretty shit you know, at it. But I can relate to the, the laces <laughs> thing, right? Because I know this isn't at all the same as you. And obviously, I know you talked a lot about your disability and stuff on the last podcast we did. Let's talk about disabilities, mate. Let's yeah. get it all out. But, like, I remember I couldn't tie my shoelaces till I was definitely, like, a lot older than everyone else. Like, I think I was yeah. maybe 10 or 11. I got fucking the best take I'm out for it. And it's little things like that. Or like, But the, the way, again, your play touched so excellently on all this stuff. But, like, again, because of my dyslexia, teachers were like, oh, he's not, he can't do it. So we'll just not teach him how to do it. And then it's like there's little gap. Yeah. So, again, I it's actually partly on my own fault, like, I genuinely think some of my handwriting probably would have been better if I kept doing it more. Or even te- le- learning how to spell in my grammar, right? 
I think part of it is laziness from myself, partly because I wasn't yeah. I wasn't taught it, and I was always told you're bad at it, so I've just accepted that's the narrative. Of, I can't do grammar, but why? But you know, I'm dyslexic. I don't need to do it. Yeah, mate, I'm smiling because yeah. this is exactly how I feel. Yeah, this is the, the, this is therapy, right? Yeah, now. that's what this podcasts ha- are all for. Like, you know, and and I think as well, man. Like everything, as you say, everything's linked to memory. So whenever you do something, whether it's exercise or something to do with coordination or anything like that, it'll be linked to a memory in a time when you were younger and it'll make you think, oh, it's like back when I was in school or it's back when I was a kid or whatever. And I think it is all linked to that as well. Yeah. Our past experiences and our past conditioning. Because I remember I, I've been to therapy <laughs> and counselling and, and like that honestly it was the be- probably one of the best things I could have done because it allowed me to just sort of fully yeah explore these things and kind of learn how get the manual for myself and learn how I how I take but I remember in the first um, <laughs> the first session the counsellor was like so um you know tell us a, tell me tell us like there's like a camera in the room tell me about your birth and stuff like that and how that might have affected you and like in my head i was like what the hell are you talking about like how's it got to do with that like but it's got everything to do with that Mm. you know but mate i think that's to hear that you've gone on this sort of like journey learning more about yourself and how that operates and being oh mate it's a big deal it's a yeah. big deal, and it's you should hard. be hard. big. Especially, it's hard, man. Especially at twenty-seven, because I mean, you, you, I mean, obviously not at all, because no one ever has it figured out. But like, you know, you kind of are like, oh, you know, I feel like I should have known this a long time ago. But it doesn't matter that I don't. You know, what I mean, it's it's interesting. It, it, yeah, and it's not time lost either. It's no. all like, it's all a gradual process. It's it's building blocks. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's there's some people who are twice our age or older than that that are still struggling with certain things yeah. that they would consider. And it's all relative, man. Like, everybody's just got to go at their own pace. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, so I, d- I don't know when this documentary is exactly going to be all out and stuff, but it's going to, yeah, it's working definitely all out. It's like a short film, so hopefully it'll be out in, in the next few months and people can see it, especially employers and people that work in the TV industry. There's some amazing contributors. Kate Hammer is a comedian. I interviewed her and she'll be on the podcast in a few weeks' time. A really good episode. Nice. And we sort of talked on her experiences on that as part of that documentary as well but uh, it's, you know it's, a, it's an honour to be part of that and I definitely want to do more like I know you do a lot of activism for your disability and like and representing that and stuff so I if, I would love to do a bit more of that for especially for the dyspraxia which I don't think is talked enough about because I, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's a young person who doesn't even realise like me that's internalising all this stuff which isn't their fault and it's okay you know what I mean it doesn't it's going to be fine you can grow up to be Jamie McKinley so there you go yeah yeah, mate. everyone, <laughs> or everyone wants better. to be you <laughs> nah, ma- no, nah, no, nah, we're gonna we're gonna redact that. We're gonna redact, <laughs> we're gonna censor that. That's gonna get clipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mate, honestly, like to see you embracing that is such a great thing, because there's also like you know, I mean, I talk to people, man, Plano, who are creatives for whatever reason, like they they sort of are unsure about embracing their disability or you know however they want to to view themselves they 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 don't embrace it or they're unsure whether they should because they don't want to be defined as that you know and it's not that you know and that's that took me a a while to like come to terms with but one of the reasons why i am just like you know if somebody wants to call me a disabled artist or a disabled creative that's fine because i am that but I'm also Jack. So like, and I think it's it's fine. Like, I don't want to run away from my disability, but I very much also want to show that, look, that's part of it. And that's part of the story that of my life. 
and part of the stories that I perhaps want to tell. But I also just want to do lots of other stuff. And I think it's like if you get if you get over the speed bumps and kind of like, you know, create a path through yourself, then you can be whoever you want to be and you can do whatever you want to do. Like it doesn't need to be that you don't need to run away from anything or you don't need to feel like something's going to segregate you. Yeah, no, um, I mean, exactly. I, I think I just, you know, I wanted to talk. I couldn't do a podcast looking back at the last year of my life, you know, without talking about it because it's the biggest, it's probably one of the biggest takeaways from it. And again, this podcast is all about conversation and, and having conversations like this that, you know, I hope someone listens and takes something away from it because, you know, this does not define you. And also it doesn't hold you back either. It just means you have to work a bit harder and that's okay. Yeah, exactly, man. It's going back to the social model of disability. It's like, you know, the barrier is not you. It's the societal barrier, yeah. um, social barrier or the attitude barrier, you know, it's, it's all of those kind of things. So, I mean, like, you know, in terms of like going forward, like in terms of aspiration, mm. is there anything that you've kind of got in your head that you want to sort of do or press on with or or even like in terms of you know and this is a completely side shoot from the conversation but i mean like is you know in terms of your own writing is there any like sort of aspirations you have there or (sighs) to be honest like no my own writing not not at the moment i think the podcast and the job are you know enough for me to be tackling creatively i i wouldn't ever rule it out though i think I'd love to do a short film at some point in my life, whether that be as a producer or a director or, or a writer or whatever. I think I'd love to do a short film and the, I'd love to do more. I, we're talking about the, just because we were quickly just talking about the dyspraxia and the dyslexia and the neurodivergent stuff. I'd love to get involved in that somehow, as I was saying, some sort of whether that be talking to kids at a school or talking to dyslexia to Scotland or dyspraxia Scotland, if there even is one about like, you know, just just to, I want to you, you know, I've got a slight I've not got a platform as such, but I have a voice and I'd like to use my voice for that so that's something I'd like to do in the next year and then professionally become a script editor instead of an assistant script editor that you know that's an ambition and then with the podcast just keep you know get back to doing it every week again keep having these conversations and you know just keep getting better and better at it and I'd like to do the fringe again because I had a great time doing it last year I need to apply to that again we were talking about putting things off I really need to do that this week yeah 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 so I'll hopefully be able to do the free fringe again. But this year, my only goal with it is, is I want to enjoy it because I didn't enjoy it enough last year. I wasn't present at any of the shows. I was too stressed. On one of them, my grand did sadly pass away and I think that's totally okay. I think considering yeah, the circumstances, yeah. that was a really, really hard show. The guest Black Scott pod I had on were exceptional. It was such an, a fun thing to do, especially on such a hard day. And it's been one. It's been our most downloaded episode by a long shot. So f- that was definitely my grand's cosmic uh, involvement there. So thank you for that. That's grand. awesome, man. You know, th- but yeah, I'd like to enjoy the fringe more because the uh, the conversations are so fun, and I did have fun doing it. But I just wasn't present enough, and I want to really, yeah. really enjoy it this time and do it again. And that's all right, man. Like, do you mean that's it's it's okay because it's it's a learning curve. But I mean, mate. When did we last talk? We spoke like six months ago? Yeah, like maybe properly. something like that. For, In a while. I mean, obviously I've spoken to you outside, but like for this podcast, six months has gone by, man. And you've been Probably eight months, sma- I'd say. Yeah, probably eight month. months. Yeah. Eight months. You've been absolutely smashing out of the park, mate. Do you know what I mean? And like, and your trajectory where you've been, like, you know, mm. it's... It's awesome, man. It's really cool. It's really good to see. Like, it's, you know, I'm well, you too, I'm you super, too. super stoked for you, man. And in terms of what you were saying about speaking power to the neurodivergency and the dyspraxic stuff, like, you know, I think even just you as you are now, like, you know, a podcast host, you know, you're prominent 
within the the television industry in Scotland, like the fact that you've got someone like you in that position is massive. So even you just turning up to work, doing your job, mm. and you know being open about dyspraxia, like you know, and how you feel and how comfortable you feel within that, and how comfortable you feel talking out about that. That's what the big difference is, man. I think yeah. like we we look for like the big sort of shiny sparkly kind of like <laughs> here's my big old dyspraxic you know neurodivergent stall look at my pyrotechnics <laughs> and that's good too but like also you just doing your job is yeah. is good you know and that, and that no, thanks man different. yeah thank you no another thing right is that i want to do this year is take a compliment better because initially as you the listeners we heard when i tried to interrupt you i was trying to deflect by going yeah you too you know because but you know it's it, you have to be able to take the praise and also understand when you've done something well as you know too and yeah, it's man. also it's also interesting because like again it's about perspective so from the outside you know someone that you's like oh you've done so well this year blah, blah, blah. but if you don't feel that yourself then it, it, it doesn't yeah. always matter either so again i don't necessarily maybe feel it as much as that because i put so much pressure on myself it doesn't mean it's not true yeah. either so it's it's always yeah. a trade-off but i really appreciate though you know you saying that and it is very kind and thank you very much yeah man it's it's the chase though isn't it with bradley walsh like it's like you know we're, we're constantly looking for the next thing yeah you know and that's definitely how i felt you know after the fringe like i was you know i was really scared that i was gonna have this massive dip mm. and just be like well that's never gonna happen again you know or nothing's gonna happen but you know you just need to find things that are that you want to do and you find yeah. there's progression there and and even though like you know since the fringe since then it's been me really discovering where i want to be as a theater maker and like the the longevity of that show but also building myself up as a theatre maker and getting more experience with dramaturgy and community arts facilitation. You know, there's there's avenues that I've gone down in the last, like, eight months that I didn't think I would go down. Mm. And it's different from the sort of, like, maybe more conventional, like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do this acting job here and I'll do this acting job there, which is obviously good for other things, but, like, it's it's learning that, every new opportunity is another string to the bow, a branch to the tree. And I think that's something that's, that's important that you have to just sort of follow where that goes. Yeah. And that's something that, that I've been trying to do. And it is really hard to stay motivated and stay curious, but I think it's really important to, you have to keep striving for the next thing and being, being open to it and being curious. And yeah, a hundred percent. Just get a real I know we're going to sort of start to wrap things up because I know it's nearly been an hour. Me chatting as well. Me chatting. Bloody hell, Jay. Nah, man. Uh, <laughs> nah, don't, don't apologise. Don't apologise. <laughs> Very quickly, though, have you got any big plans and stuff? Have you got any big ambitions like coming up? Uh, ambitions, plans. Well, yeah, I mean, the only thing is I can really talk about in, in much detail are obviously one of two so that's as I said before that's going out to the Netherlands hopefully can maybe get a couple other sort of festivals lined up and potentially I won't say the exact sort of situation but there's potential for it to be in Scotland this year in again in, in Edinburgh potentially so that's that's exciting yeah, and with working with a fantastic friend and fantastic creative commission with uh, Unlimited, which is the disability arts funding body. Ironically, they, they do not have unlimited funding, which should be amazing. Uh, but to do a project it, with Eden Court um, Theatre, mm. and the project is called Lie Back and Think of the Highlands, <laughs> and basically it's 
Imogen and I, and we're going to be working with a, a small group of deaf and disabled participants, also queer participants, to kind of like essentially empower them to tell their own stories or biographical work and, and question why perhaps those stories are not prevalent within the sort of Highland cultural narrative. So that's that's probably more going to happen next year, but that's a, a big thing to shout home about. And, it's really um, exciting, really exciting. And, yeah, and the film I was telling you about is a film with a company called Hot Coals Productions, and it's called Indefinitely, and that's a film that is about the PIP, Personal Independence Payment, governmental system mm. and a sort of short film which dramatizes like the effects of that on like on one character and i'm really proud of that film you know just the subject matter and already it, it went into like this this festival in like california and i was nominated for lots of awards and and i won one like a vanguard award festival so that was really awesome and you can watch that at the manchester home online well, it'll be linked below, linked right below. I'll, I'll link it below. But, I mean, yeah. other than that, man, like, in terms of what I do next, I just want to write more, I think, write new stories mm. and just improving my craft, but also just trying to enjoy myself, man. And I have been doing that. I've been spending more more money on gigs and football matches and, uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it's good, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you're technically the host I'm sort of taken back over by, like... But I thought, like, this... Just because we kind of finished the conversation and, and like, I know we've been speaking for a long time, but I thought we could maybe both close by answering a question which I've not really... Do- I don't think I've answered this in the podcast before, but I'll let you go first just to sort of take okay. the pressure off myself. But, like, what are, what are you most proud of? <laughs> do you mean in the in the last Just year? in year? I guess, yeah. Because that's the theme of this podcast. In the last year, what are you most proud of that you... Could be anything as well it doesn't even have to be anything to do with other arts okay if we were doing career and personal career just continuing to do work get closer to becoming self-employed but i think personally i'm just really happy to be improving as a person and you know whether that's like tying shoelaces or getting engaged and kind of building like a home is is really nice and having that sort of security you know and i think just knowing like having the awareness to like just enjoy those things but also to know that like i do know there's things i need to work on personally and career-wise but yeah just happy man and and that's not something that i could have said a few years ago happy but what about you What, what what are you proud of Jamie. Oh man, I should have really prepared an answer for this before suggesting we answer it. Eh? I think, obviously, I'll do with the same as you, like professionally. Like, I think the fact I'm still doing this after so long, considering how much work it is on top of a full time job, um, and I'm so grateful. I, you know, I'm lucky to be doing this because it, it gives me so much on a personal and professional level. So I'm just grateful for all that, and I'm, I'm proud to, to still be doing it after so long. And then, personal, I think just the fact that, that I'm showing up every day still. And trying to be the best version of myself I can be. I don't always succeed very often, I don't, but the fact that I try, you know, just that willingness to try every day. Yeah, I'm going to be the best version of myself I can I can be today. Um, I think that that's it, simply, yeah. I'm sure you do, man. I'm sure you put in good graft and, and do do that. Because you are, you just, you're a genuine guy. There's nothing about you that doesn't, smells fishy or anything like that. You're just a good guy, you're a genuine yeah. Good guy. And bonus ball, mate. Figured out how to work that mic of yours. So There you go. I know. We managed be, to get it working. Be proud of that. Elliot might disagree with that one, you know, but we'll see. Even as we start our third season, I'm still debating that, Jamie. But anyway, Jack, 
thank you very much for like doing this tonight and obviously no, this welcome, is episode man. 99 so the next episode is going to be the 100th episode so I, I'm very proud of that that's an amazing milestone to reach so stay tuned for the 100th episode next week we've got a very very good guest for that so I'm, I'm really excited about it in some circles anyway I don't know how you put up too much but I think I'm really yeah. chuffed with, with who we'd got on for that episode so buzzing really exciting and Jack it was it was lovely to catch up as well and, and thank you for doing this sort of look back episode with me this year now you're welcome man and thanks so much for having me on and we'll get that pint yes we definitely will well there you go that was episode 99 of Just Get A Real Job it was such a pleasure to speak to Jack again there's a link to his short film in the show notes follow Jack on social media as well support Jack's work he's a great guy and it was a pleasure to speak to him as always I've also just realised that in the intro and up until now, I've got a bit of a squeaky chair in my office. So I promise Elliot and to you listeners that I'll get some WD-40 on that for next week and there'll be less squeaking um, in the intro. Massive thank you to Elliot Mitchell as well, once again, our editor-in-chief for putting together this episode and coming back to join the team for season three. As I I say all the time on this podcast, we couldn't do this without Elliot to thank you for your work. And I also just want to give a massive shout out to Liam Rutherford who designed the poster to promote this series. It is a great poster, so thank you for making that, sir. Yeah, I think that's everyone. And of, of course, Amy Dinsdale, who designed the original artwork for this podcast as well. But yeah, thank you for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week with the 100th episode of Just Get A Real Job. It's, it's great to be back, and thank you for listening to this week's episode. Have a lovely week, everyone. Just get a real job.